1: This premier hockey podcast, featured on AllHabs.net, brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens, with Amy Johnson and Chris G, Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadiens, Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Amy Johnson, and I'll be your host for the next hour. Now, this is episode 164 of the Canadian's Connection. Should mention that we're a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. And a big shout out to our sponsors, the fine folks at DraftKings. Uh, You'll hear from them here in a bit. But I'm pleased to be joined in the studio every week uh, by my co-host, who is the editor-in-chief, founder, and the president of Rocket Sports. And that is the one and only Mr. Rick Stevens. Rick, how are you doing today?
0: I'm doing great. Thanks. Thanks for asking. We are here on a Monday for a change. It's Monday. Monday the fifteenth um, of November. Is it? Can you say the Ides of November? Is that applied? <laughs> to, does that apply to November? I guess it doesn't.
1: It, this month it feels kind of like. That. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> it could. The Ides of November.
0: Pretty soon you'll be celebrating a, a Thanksgiving
1: next week down there in the states,
0: and then, and it'll be the run to Christmas, Christmas. Mm-hmm.
1: and then New Year's and then the world Jun- well the world juniors in there then my birthday i could go on
0: <laughs> did you start your christmas shopping they're saying those in the know are saying that those you, you better the- get your christmas shopping done early 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 this year because of the supply chain shortage
1: um i haven't officially purchased anything but i've been gathering the ideas all right That's but i do the need part. to get on the horse and uh i'd like to... I'd like to start shopping before Black Friday, so hopefully, maybe by the end of this week, we'll see. All right, I got to check the naughty and nice list first.
0: Yes, <laughs> our team has been pretty uh, nice. They have this been past pretty. week. They yeah. have been. They've been great. We we have a wonderful Rocket Sports we team, do. and uh, they were doing a little bit of, a little bit more heavy lifting this this past week, and we'll talk about that in the third segment. But just want to. Uh, acknowledge that and thank them for all the hard work that they've been doing.
1: Absolutely. Um, and we are happy to be here today. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about. We're going to give you, uh, of course, some highlights from this past week's game, this past week, worth of game action from the canadians now you'll remember rick and i uh, came to you on wednesday of last week with a, a kind of an early midweek episode of the canadians connection uh so today we're going to catch you up on on the games that have taken place since then which of course uh was Against Calgary, Detroit, and Boston, so we'll get to that in a little bit. Update you on some roster news, injury updates, uh, movements, and and transactions back and forth uh, between Laval and Montreal. Uh, and then, of course, uh, we want to talk. Speaking of Laval, we want to talk about the prospects a little bit. We'll give you a, a, a bit of a sneak peek at how uh, the rocket fared at home over the weekend, uh, give you an update on HAB's prospects down in the queue and how they're doing. Um, and then before we round out this first segment, we're going to touch on a big topic where we're uh, we're going to talk about the depth in the organization at a number of key positions and how, uh, as as Rick has written here, using a very um, It's very aptly named the fragile depth of the Montreal Canadiens, and we're seeing that fully on display this season, unfortunately. Uh, And then after we take a quick break, we're going to come back in our second segment, get you caught up on all of the things that uh, perhaps maybe you missed some of the great content. Uh, Rick just alluded to how uh, across the board uh, the Rocket Sports team has really been stepping up, in a lot of different ways this season and most uh, importantly this past week. And maybe there's some content uh, on one of our sites or platforms that you might have missed. So we're going to get you caught up on all of that uh as i
0: a- i said third se- third segment so um you said third I, I know we're only having two but but i see it as kind of the first which is our normal you yeah. know um get caught up and then the third segment which is for the fans have your say yeah and then we've 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 slipped our our big topic segment into into segment one
1: that's right so yeah. technically two segments but one and three one and three Yes. Or something like that. Something like
0: that. (laughs) We'll be all right. Don't worry. We will. get there. It's
1: Monday. Give us a break here. It's Monday. Um, And then uh, just give you a preview for the Canadians games that they've got coming up this week and get you set for the week here at Rocket Sports Radio. Lots going on on a Monday. Don't forget, of course, it's an interactive podcast. You can text us at any time. Day or night, 24 7 at the Rocket Sports text line. That is 5853 Rocket. 5853 Rocket. And uh, don't forget also, uh, if you haven't done so already, make sure you're following at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And of course, bookmark and visit our website, CanadiansConnection.com. Uh, so, first off, Rick, um, Montreal has played uh, three games since last we spoke, uh, playing um, at home against the Calgary Flames and then on the road against Detroit and Boston. Um, And maybe fans had some hope after that uh, Calgary game, but I think those hopes came quickly crashing down after this past weekend.
0: You'd have to say that the, the Calgary game, and, and listen, Calgary um, has has had a strong season. They were coming in on a, a five-game winning streak, and um, at, well, you'd have to think they were going to be a, a real tough opponent for Canadians, uh, team that's been struggling. But I would say that um, you can argue that it was the Canadians' best game of uh, this uh, this season, um, and 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 maybe maybe they played their most. They've been having trouble uh, playing a six, uh, sixty-minute hockey, and and maybe they played their most complete game against uh, the Calgary Flames. It didn't start out uh, too well um, with Calgary getting the first goal uh, just two minutes into the game, but um, then the Canadians roared back. Three unanswered goals. Um, Nick Suzuki was involved. The the line of uh, Ryan Paling, kind of uh, what what might be termed the AHL line, Ryan Paling, Michael Pizzetta, and, and Alex Belziel, uh might have been uh, the strongest line. Ryan Paling looked uh, very good after his call up. Uh, which we'll talk about in a minute um, uh, paling was good at the face off dot and and uh, uh, he played uh, used used his size and and uh, they they looked pretty good um, and uh, Mike Hoffman with a couple of assists uh, Nick Suzuki uh, um, scored the winning goal on a on the power play. so it, it was a the Canadians had to be be feeling pretty good about themselves um, after that Thursday contest with with the Flames. Going into uh, that was the last game of the, that five game homestand, and then uh, they headed out on the road. First stop was in Detroit.
1: Things in Detroit um, started to unravel a little bit. We're going to talk in in you know one of the big. Things about that game uh, was the injury to Jake Allen. We're going to talk about that uh, again more in depth here, coming up uh, in just a little bit. But uh, then, unfortunately, uh, you know, Sam Montembeau comes in. Detroit takes full advantage, uh, and and they finish things off in overtime. Uh, so again, we, we've been seeing this that uh, it's been a it's been a pattern for the Canadians that. Anytime they win a game, they're not able to complete a back-to-back win. Um,
0: no, they haven't won back-to-back games uh, yet. Um, listen, this should have been the Canadians. So far, have had Detroit's number um, with with two wins, um, picked up a point for the overtime loss. So uh, you know, maybe Can- the, the the ten points uh, that the Canadians have so far this season. Uh, is artificially high with five of those uh, coming against uh, five of the 10 points coming against Detroit. Um, yeah. And and this was, uh, as you said, marred by uh, Jake Allen uh, getting hit um, by Dylan Larkin uh, that came on a push from uh, really not a smart play by Jeff Petrie. Um, he's, 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 You know he's had well he's had a terrible season. Yeah, we'll (laughs) we'll talk about. We're going to (laughs) get Jake Allen wanted to come back into the game. The uh, NHL concussion spotter um, took him out, and um, the Canadians haven't confirmed uh, that it's a concussion. But um, you can certainly say that um, we wouldn't be surprised if if it is a concussion. Um, So uh, you know maybe a. Um, a winnable game and, and, uh, and a loss. Sam Montenbeau, you know, he kind of uh, found his footing in the third period, but uh, two goals in 45 seconds. And, and boy, those weren't, um, they were really weak goals, soft goals in, in, in the, in that period. So um, there was a lost opportunity and then having to go back to back into TD garden in Boston. And, um, uh, again the Canadians well they they put up a good effort in in the first period um, you know it's kind of a, a pattern throughout but then they weren't able to sustain it after the first period and um, and Sam Montembeau, again at times uh, he looked pretty solid when he had uh, the uh, help in the in the first period but again a couple of soft goals in in the mix and uh, and the Bruins went on to win 5-2. to two.
1: Not uh, a, a banner week, once again, for the Montreal Canadiens. Their regular season record drops now to 4-11-2. Uh, it is the worst record for the Canadiens uh, in their franchise history through 17 games. Um that's not a stat that you want to be <laughs> that you want to be having on the marquee. Um, it's and and as we've said, uh, you've said this multiple times. The early part of their schedule was the easier part. Um, it's it's only going to get more difficult going forward, um, and 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 something's got to give at some point. Uh, but it's uh, as you you adeptly put in your game recap uh, for the Boston game that what it boils down to for this team is that they can play one period really well.
0: Yeah. And then
1: that's all they have. And you've, I mean, one of the most tired cliches in hockey is you need to play a full 60 minutes and the Canadians can't even play 40. (laughs) Uh, They're lucky if they can put together a solid 20 minutes and then the rest of it is playing catch up, uh, trying to overcome mistakes and errors and or or just drowning, um, and it's uh, it's it's not it's not going in the right direction right now.
0: Mark Bergevin has said for many years that there's such parity in the league that you know on any given night he says, um, but really it's it's uh, on any given night any team can play really well. The 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 poor teams can play really well for a period or so against the good teams. It's it's whether then they can hang on for or the win, and the Canadians haven't been able to do that.
1: They have not. Uh, and we'll see what happens. Uh, we're going to talk of course in a, in a bit about, um, some, some holes in their lineup right now. Uh, and, and so forth a little later in the show, but they've got a tough, t- tall task ahead of them this week, uh, to try to rebound off of the week that they had last week. Um, in terms of roster news, uh, we talked about, uh, you mentioned Jake Allen's injury. At this point, um, as you said, the Montreal Canadiens haven't confirmed that it's a concussion, but it's likely that that's what, what it is. We know that that always makes it difficult to estimate a timetable for return to play. So mm-hmm. at this point, Jake Allen is a big question mark. Um, and uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, you know, Joanne is... is Ducharme's alluding to you know likely to be back in the lineup for Tuesday night, um, and you know he
0: too had been suffering from some headaches and, right. and things, and and but as you said likely likely to be back by Tuesday,
1: right? So in Duran's case, he wasn't out for too long with concussion-like symptoms, um, but each player and and anytime there's uh, an injury to the head, it's there's never a guarantee as to who's going to recover quickly, who's going to take longer. So we're just going to have to wait to see with Jake Allen. Um, Mike Hoffman missed Saturday. uh, Sorry, missed Sunday's game as well. Uh, We we mentioned Ann has been out of the lineup. Mike Hoffman also out of Sunday's game in Boston with an upper body injury Uh, and Cedric Paquette uh, now also out um, as well. He's another new, addition to the injury list.
0: Probably about 10 days for uh, Paquette.
1: Yeah. So, um, that meant that there was a recall, uh, from Laval on Wednesday night. We knew that Matthias Norlander was scheduled to end his conditioning stint after Laval played their Wednesday night game. And sure enough, he was recalled afterwards. Uh, but he wasn't alone. He was also joined by, uh, centerman Ryan Paling being recalled from Laval, uh, with Paquette going, going out, um, and I am Rick. I am so pleased to be able to say that Ryan Paling, in this very uh, small window that we've seen in in not even a week, has looked pretty decent so far uh, in in the games that he's played for Montreal.
0: He has. Um, with respect to Norlander, um, uh, he, up on Wednesday, um, that uh, Dom Deschamps said that. Um, You know, that didn't mean that he'd be in in the lineup on uh, Thursday against Calgary. Um, As it turned out, he's actually sat for three games, and that's not ideal for... Uh, a young player who needs to get some some ice time. Um, so I'd expect to see him pretty quick. Well, expect to see him this week. Yeah. Uh, if not, a decision has to be made uh, to uh, send him back to Forlunda and uh, get him some playing time. He won't be uh, part of uh, the Laval Rocket this season. Uh, but Ryan Paling as you said, um, a deserved call-up. He's, you know, he had that, uh, that head, uh, that, those concussion symptoms himself Mm -hmm. uh, early in, in the uh, AHL season. And, um, and he's been great for Lavelle and he came up and he looked very good in, in all aspects of his play and, and uh, got his first goal of the season um, on, on Sunday and um so you know that that helps uh that really helps um there yep. was there was also um an opportunity there uh that uh with some that it's it's with him playing well uh since he got called up there was an opportunity to get him some more minutes so mm-hmm. the lines were uh, juggled and with players out to move him to the wing. And that's fine to get him some more minutes uh, and allow him to to be physical. He's, he's an adaptable player. Of course, the Canadians want him at center. Uh, he's a better center than a winger, but it was nice for him to get a few more minutes playing on the wing.
1: And you mentioned that he uh, performed well at the faceoff dot. That's been a consistency for Paling in a lot of recent history, um, that I think was taken for granted a bit. Um, he's been he's been good at face-offs down in Laval, but if if we think back to preseason during training camp, um Ryan Paling was the best face-off man that the Canadians had during preseason, which yep. was why it was partially a very big shock to see him get cut at the last minute and sent to Laval. And their face-off percentages have been dismal ever since. Mm-hmm. Um, and voila, <laughs> Ryan Paling comes back into the lineup, and look who is excelling at the face-off dot.
0: Cedric Paquette taking that that spot. Uh, on the fourth line um, and and was supposed to be a you know a, a decent face off guy um, uh, he was hovering around 22 25% i think he's uh, he's improved to bring his per- face off percentage up to 30% which is which is awful and and uh, um, so you know all kinds of questions Would uh, Paling have gotten into the lineup uh, if Paquette was was uh, not injured? And uh, what happens, you know, in those ten days when when Paquette comes back? Uh, Certainly, uh, Ryan Paling has been doing uh, a better job and contributing more in a number of different ways than Cedric Paquette.
1: Well, let's hope that Ryan Paling makes the decision for the coaches uh, over the course of these next games. and and really puts his stamp on that position and and makes makes a difficult decision. The other thing, you know, part of the a big part of the reason why Ryan Paling ended up getting cut was because in the eleventh hour, as the Montreal Canadiens and Mark Bergevin are wont to do, uh, they went and signed Adam Brooks in the eleventh hour before the before the start of the regular season, which at the time we said, why on earth would you why on earth would you make that signing and we knew it was the writing on the wall they're going to cut paling and quite frankly adam brooks also could just go bye-bye at any time
0: (laughs) adam brooks has only played four games um it didn't look his positioning wasn't good Uh, last night in boston led to a goal against his face-off percentage is uh, below 17%. So um, he's not winning very many at all. And when he's been in the lineup playing uh, about 10 minutes uh, per game.
1: So, uh, you know, between Brooks, Paquette, and Paling, Paling is so far, fingers crossed, knock on wood, so far showing that he is the best option of the three. So uh, let's hope that he continues that and maybe he will have earned himself a place to stay there in Montreal for a bit.
0: In, in roster notes, let me, let me just add that uh, Michael Pozzetta Yeah. Yeah. We know that, that he was uh, recalled uh, the previous week, but he got his first NHL goal. Um,
1: Very fun. In a
0: losing effort on, <laughs> on Saturday night in Detroit, but he was still pretty happy with that.
1: He was. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's always, it's always fun to see these stories, you know, guys that persevere, they, they, they're never really thought of as as being a contender to to make the NHL and they scratch and claw their way up through the leagues and and eventually you know the pieces fall into place for them to get an opportunity and then they make the best of that opportunity and so far pazetta Has done that. He's not playing any differently in Montreal than he ever has uh, in in junior or the AHL, and uh, he he got rewarded with his first NHL goal. So another big accomplishment for him. So congratulations to Michael Pizzetta.
0: We always like to prepare you for what's coming, and don't sleep on Yasiyalonen. Oh Um, boy, nobody should be surprised if circumstances, uh, the way the injuries have been happening, that that he'll be the next one recalled. I don't have it in front of me. I think ten points in eleven games, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about it a little bit in just a few minutes here uh, in the prospect report. But he has been a key contributor for the Laval Rocket and uh, certainly deserves a call up sooner rather than later. Um, speaking of call-ups, uh, so of course with Jake Allen going out with likely with a concussion on Saturday night, uh, that meant, uh, a backup was needed for Sam Montembeau. And so naturally the Canadians chose Caden Primo, uh, was recalled from Laval on Saturday night, traveled and met the team in Boston on Sunday, uh, backed up, uh, Montembeau on Sunday. So he hasn't yet played, um, and well, I'm just gonna say we'll save this. We have we've got the big topic coming up about about fragile depth in certain positions. Goaltending is one of them. We'll talk about uh, why Caden Primo is is you know don't get too excited about <laughs> Caden Primo getting called up um, at, at this point, and uh, we'll we'll get to that in just a bit. Um, finally, in this uh, in this section, uh, Rick. Carrie Price, of course, is always the big question mark. How's Carrie Price doing? How's his progression? It's been a week, a little over a week, since he's been out of the player assistance program, uh, and he's he's starting. He, you know, he's starting to do what he needs to do to to get on the road back to playing.
0: That's right. He's um, and and you know, everyone uh, should be cautious. That uh, be very very patient uh, as far as him. Um, returning to the lineup. Uh, first of all, um, as far as uh, the, um, the, the program the, the NHL, NHL PA player assistance program that he was involved with, um, we shouldn't be under the illusions that uh, you go, you spend 30 days, you're cured and come back and you're, you're fine. Um, what happens in those kinds of, of situations is you've developed a coping mechanism for, for the mental health in, issues that you're dealing with. Uh, um, um, you know, probably, well, in this case, uh, um, a destructive kind of, of um, coping mechanism. So during those 30 days, you're withdrawn from your usual coping um, mechanism and a program like this provides you the tools uh, to cope with your issues um, so that uh, you don't rely on on the substances that uh, are hurting you, um, that can't be done in 30 days. So Carrie Price is still working through getting used to these tools, getting used to um, the supports, um, and that's that's ongoing and is going to take a while. In addition, uh, there's uh, rehabbing from knee surgery, so there's there's that um, as well. Um, so. Um, it, it's 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 going to take some time and it's going to be slow. Carey Price um, will probably see the ice this week. Up until now, uh, he's been um, he slowly returned to the gym, the weight room, and uh, is bringing up his his conditioning and 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 all that that he couldn't do over those couldn't do well um, with the limited equipment that he had over those thirty days. So. Um, it's gonna it's gonna take um, some time. Um, while we're on the topic of uh, Carrie Price, mm-hmm. um, oh, we we didn't even we didn't even broach the issue of of Jack Todd. Jack Todd, if you're oh. if you're following Jack Todd, if you haven't been blocked by Jack Todd, you probably you know <laughs> aren't interested in this podcast. Jack Todd is 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 the worst um but uh, um and his tweet about Carrie Price was was or just reprehensible mm-hmm. um but there is a contender for that that despicable behavior um and it is the municipality of Notre-Dame-de-Mont-Carmel what carmel does what did they do well um they have an issue with their water uh and they issued on Twitter, a boil water, um, advisory for okay. their, their community. And to do that, they thought it was a great idea to take a picture, uh, last season, Kerry price in his, his blue retro Jersey in a, in a break, um, taking a sip from, uh, his water bottle. Normal. um, and uh they said that uh there was maybe maybe there was more in that water bottle than um than just water and uh they thought it was humor humorous to um to make a comment like that to bring light to their water situation that that their water was was tainted in some way just like perhaps Carrie Price's water was tainted when he was in the on the ice. It, 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 well,
1: that's a new level of low. Yeah. I mean, not I mean, that's not only despicable because of what Carrie's going through, um, what his family's going through. Not I mean, that's one part of it, but you're also actually disparaging the entire equipment staff. And all of the guys who are in charge, uh, the Canadians team, like, it's not like Carey Price takes his water bottle and goes and fills it up himself. Um, And I mean, that's just completely tone deaf, uh, irresponsible, and just utterly unprofessional. And and, um, and to
0: use the struggles of uh, with and and there's no evidence of any truth to that no. that that he was playing under any uh, substance. Um, it's it's absolutely despicable and. And this kind of case, uh, you know, an apology doesn't work, and they said, "Well, listen, uh, we it's it's a bit of our character. Uh, we use uh, humor in our posts. Um, uh, you, well, this you have a funny. you have a boy boil- well listen, I don't see any situation where where making an announcement about a boil water advisory needs to to inject any humor at all. No. it's
1: preposterous it's more like hey take this seriously yes (laughs) otherwise you might get very ill honestly i really think like can we get licenses to operate social media (laughs) i'm beginning to think it's necessary it's ridiculous our best to carry price in his journey to recovery whatever he's battling. Um, And wow, like, I've said it a thousand times. uh, If I didn't need it for what I do, uh, I would delete the Twitter app from every device I have. For sure. If I didn't need it for hockey coverage. Um, But we know that our listeners would never never cross those kinds of lines. All right. uh, Let's move on now to a bit of a Habs prospect report. This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. All right. So Laval had three home games last week. They uh they shut out the Belleville Senators on on Wednesday night. Following that, they invited the Bridgeport Islanders to town on Friday and uh this was a really back and forth affair. They they had to um constantly kind of claw back into the game as as Bridgeport kept uh, kept going up on them. And yes, once again, former uh, Rocket player Chris Terry lit the lamp yet again. He did it in the first time that they played the team uh, earlier this season. Um, but it was it was a very back and forth affair. You talked about Jesse Ilonen, uh you know, he's continuing to be a points producer in almost every game. Uh, had a had a great setup uh, to Dominic uh, to to Danek Martel, uh, uh, Martel to for Martel to net his second goal of the night and and tie the game in the second period. Uh, they come back in the third period. They're back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, um, and uh, finally, uh, actually, overtime was needed, and Laurent Dauphin was the one who uh, put in the game-winning goal, setup again, by Jesse Yelonen. Uh So Yolonen key assists on two very big goals in that game um, and uh, a nice a nice win for the Laval Rocket. Uh, then Saturday, they had a quick turnaround. Uh, I should say McNiven was in net for, for that game on Friday night. Saturday afternoon, quick turnaround, 1 o'clock game uh, with the Utica Comets coming to town. Remember, um, the Comets... The, they traveled to play the com- Comets the week prior. Uh, the Comets uh, blanked them. I, I, actually, well, I shouldn't say that. I'd have to look. There was a couple of shutouts in there, um, but the Comets beat them soundly. Um, and the Comets have been undefeated. Uh, in this season so far, so what was going to happen? Well, Primo was in net on on Saturday afternoon. The comets came out uh, like someone shot them out of a cannon. Uh, outshot Laval thirteen to five in the first period. Uh, they they got uh, they they got up on on Laval, but they were only down by a goal going into the first um, intermission. Primo did have some some good saves. Uh, pretty some some highlight real worthy ones looked pretty solid um, things really just kind of didn't I think I think Laval was a little tired and Utica has just been on a tear. Utica is very very solid this year um, one one big thing Cole Caulfield finally scored a goal. It's his first goal of the That's season great. in the AHL or the NHL. So he's gotten that monkey off of his back. He's finally scored his first goal of the season. Uh, he was actually down below the goal line and uh, just uh, shot the puck in and 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 banked it off of the back of Nico Dawes' uh, back, the goaltender for the Utica Comets. Um, and then Yessi uh, Yelonen with a goal in the third period, uh, which, again... The point streak continues for Yesse Alonan, but uh Utica ended up winning that one five to three. Uh big defensive breakdown uh by Tori Dello and Toby Paquette Bisson uh at at the uh, towards the end of the game. So um Laval winning two of three last week. They they go on the road now. They'll be playing in Toronto on Wednesday, and then on Saturday they're playing in Belleville. Um We'll see how that works out. Ottawa, as we know, has had some issues in the last two weeks with players going into COVID protocol. Um, I believe part of the reason that Belleville struggled as much as they did when they got shut out by the Laval Rocket last Wednesday was because they were... Their lineup was already depleted because of recalls to Ottawa due to COVID absences with the senators and Rick. Now today uh, Ottawa's situation has uh, even become a little bit worse.
0: That's right. Uh, Looks like uh, 10 players uh, on the Ottawa senators uh, in COVID protocol. Uh, Looks like um, their games this week may be postponed. Um, so how that will affect the, the, uh, the Belleville Senators, uh, we'll have to wait and see. But it's it's, interest, it's, it's of note because um, for the rest of November, to the end of November, it, the, the schedule for Laval kind of looks a little bit like last year's schedule, uh, where they're only meeting uh, Canadian teams. And in this case, they're meeting uh, the Toronto Marlies and the Belleville Senators for the rest of the, the month of November. Um, so uh, three games against, uh, against Belleville, one against the Marlies. Uh, so we'll see how, uh, that's that, that whole COVID situation is, is, uh, uh managed by the, the, the organization and, and how it affects the Belleville senators and how it affects the, the Laval rocket.
1: Absolutely. So, uh, thanks to Chris G he was at, uh, plus Bell in the press box for all three games last week did a great job. Great game recaps. Be sure you check them out over at ahlreport.com. And of course he uh, they all include uh, his post-game interviews uh, in each of those games. And of course uh, on the press zone podcast on the AHL report, which comes out every Tuesday. So that will be coming out tomorrow. We'll, we'll go a little bit more in depth into these games and bring you some of that post game audio as well. So you'll want to make sure that you're subscribed and, and check out tomorrow's brand new episode of the press zone podcast, uh, so that you can learn a little bit more about how those games really, uh, unfolded and hear a bit more about how Jesse Alonen's is doing and, and how Cole Caulfield is doing, uh, and, and so on and so forth. um, but Rick, it's not just prospects in the AHL that are that are you know kind of making their presence known uh, in in the QMJHL. Uh, some of the Habs prospects are are really continuing to shine,
0: and it's been something. Uh, it's kind of a a, a regular drumbeat uh, by the Montreal media, not true, uh, but they like to to put that narrative out there that that the Canadians constantly ignore the QMJHL or or their own backyard. Um. Uh, well, it, the stats would say uh, a little bit different this season. Uh, we checked in a couple of weeks ago, uh, thought we'd do an update just to see where Canadians' prospects or how Canadians' prospects are faring in the queue uh, this year. And uh, last time we checked, there was three in the top 10 of the queue scoring. There are still three uh, Canadians' wow. prospects Uh, The order's changed a little bit, but uh, still three Canadians prospects in the top 10 of QMJHL scoring, uh, including Joshua Waugh, ranked second in scoring in 16 games, 11 goals, 19 assists for 30 points. Then comes Xavier Simeno. He has 28 points in 15 games. And uh, Riley Kidney in uh, Bathurst with, uh, in 18 games, he has 27 points. 12 game 12 goals and 15 assists. So, uh all are having uh great starts to to their seasons uh and uh and doing the Canadians proud in the QMJHL.
1: Riley Kidney did say he wanted to go back and dominate. He mm-hmm. seems to be doing that. Uh so yes, a rem- just a, another reminder, be sure you're subscribed to our sister podcast, The Press Zone. Uh Rick and I co-host that every Tuesday afternoon. It's a complete focus on the Montreal Canadiens' prospects, the AHL team. Uh, and and it's just a great place to get AHL news and learn about the Habs' prospects and how they are doing in their respective leagues. Make sure you're subscribed to that. Uh, Patrick Williams joins us uh, tomorrow for another edition of the AHL Hot Stove. We're going to talk about... Uh, we're actually going to talk about Zach Fucali a little bit, who made TSN headlines all over the place this past weekend. Uh, so be sure you're subscribed there and bookmark AHL AHLReport.com. Dot com all of your Laval Rocket game recaps we've got a, a weekly column called AHL weekly which catches you up on everything happening around the American Hockey League you don't want to miss any of that and we certainly want would love you to uh, read and bookmark and visit often all right we've we've talked a bit about the, the goaltending we've talked a bit about the coaching we've talked a bit about defense um, and I think we're gonna I think we need to talk about The elephant in the room here which is the Canadians are off to one of their worst starts in history and it doesn't look like there's a solution lurking around the corner Um, and it's quite frankly due to a slew of injuries or absences that uh, perhaps at the beginning of the summer no one could see coming it is shining a glaring spotlight on this organization's lack of depth. And I'm, we're not just talking about the, at the center position, but that's certainly first and foremost. However, year after year after year of Mark Bergevan spending money to sign what is uh, basically amounts to plugs in his lineup, temporary solutions that end up not even being very effective. Um, not developing prospects well, drafting well, but then not converting those draftees into NHL-caliber players. Uh, this pattern has gone on long enough now that it's, it seems like the Montreal Canadiens are wafer-thin at depth all around. Center, defense, goaltending, and coaching. Rick, it's a big problem I think it's gonna take a long time to correct this problem, but let's let's maybe we should examine this uh, position by position a little bit.
0: yeah, and and just to give some context because I know uh, fans are are watching and they're saying, um, gee, they 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 beat Calgary. they look pretty good beating Calgary. uh gee they 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 lasted into overtime with the Detroit right? Well, maybe that's not such a, a big accomplishment. but uh, things have been better. Um, now what does that mean? And, and if you look at some of the, the underlying metrics, um, of the Canadians for, for uh, the past 10 of their 17 games, uh, actually there has been some improvement in terms of shot attempts, uh, in terms of the scoring chances, high danger chances have all been better except uh, there's been no improvement, maybe even a bit of regression with respect to uh, their shooting percentage, which is dreadfully low. And, and you're not going to score goals when your shooting percentage is, is low. Uh, they've been better in, in um, they've been playing more defensively uh, and, and trying to protect the, the they don't have carry price. So they've been pr- uh, doing a better job defensively, forwards coming back um their their special teams have kind of inched up a bit from from the beginning um so are they getting better are are they um you know is is th- th- there's all kinds of controversy on social media about well the canadians should tank uh for a chance at the first uh pick overall in next year's draft I don't think that um, this is an this is this is a, a, a team. There's too much talent on on that roster mm-hmm. um, for them to be in that position. But there's nowhere near enough talent or depth for them to be a uh, a playoff team, and and that's the issue. And I think Canadians fans have gotten spoiled the last two uh, seasons. Uh, last year it was. You know, they were an 18th place team. They only made the playoffs because of it being a COVID situ- season and because of it, them being in a different division. And then once they got there, they were carried to the finals by Kerry Price. The previous season, they had no business being in the playoffs, but they, it was a stunning upset uh, over Pittsburgh who, who, who provided that that was Carey Price. Again, the last two seasons, they shouldn't have been in the playoffs. So, um you know are they a 30th place team where they've been most of the season no they're they're better talented uh, they have more talent than that but um neither are they neither are they uh, a playoff team and uh and and that's because they should have the, the, the there's going to be injuries are part of the game. And, uh, unfortunately inj- injuries and, and other situations that have taken players out of the lineup have devastated, uh, the Montreal Canadians. And, and, um, that's that, that falls to, uh, the general manager who hasn't provided, uh, enough depth or the right depth.
1: That's correct. If we, you know, let, let's start with the center position. um, Phil Deneau, now admittedly we were saying last season let's not renew Phil denot because he wants entirely too much money uh he's he's no longer you know while while sure uh, you know he's more of a, of a defensive centerman these days um he's not worth the dollar sign that he's looking for uh, so Phil Deneau exits but it's still it's still a a, a big piece of the puzzle in the forward core that's missing. And then the complete debacle with you your young, up and coming, supposed to be the one-two center with Suzuki and Kakanyemi, he's gone. Um, and, and the replacement you bring in for that is Christian Dvorak. And of course, the Canadians tried to spin it and celebrate it as this is a big win for the organization. We've been wanting Dvorak for a while now. Uh, he will fill in nicely uh, for Philip Deneau uh, not being here anymore. And quite frankly, Rick, that couldn't be further from the truth.
0: Christian Dvorak has been dreadful, like absolutely dreadful. And you know, there, there, all the numbers were there to to um, demonstrate um, that the that the expectations were way too high, uh, but. Uh, the Canadians were um, upset by what happened with Jesperi Kotkaniemi. Uh, they were getting criticism from the Montreal media about um, Phil Deneau leaving, so they had to go into spin mode. And uh, you heard it over and over and over again. The Montreal Canadiens are a better team with Christian Dvorak rather than Phil Deneau and Jesperi and, and And that's just... Never now we <laughs> see how foolish that that statement uh, was, mm. and uh, for those who um, you know, both in the organization and media that peddled it, uh, really you should be ashamed of yourself. Um, and, and I know they were covering themselves because they were so badly embarrassed by the uh, uh offer sheet. Um, Mark Bergevin not too long ago said that this organization who has had a problem at center for years and years and years, we finally have the two centers that we're going to build our team around for the next 15 years. And they are Nick Suzuki and Yasperi Kotkaniemi. Uh, Adding, uh, he took the opportunity to add, "We see big things ahead for Ryan Paling. Uh, we want him to be part of that center core. We see, uh, we've liked the progression of Jake Evans. We see him as as part of that, and and all of that has has not uh, come to pass. And uh, relying on Christian Dvorak, who was supposed to be better offensively than um, uh, uh, Phil Deneau, You know, they said what that that he was a a power play guy. That hasn't turned out to be the case. Defensively on the penalty kill, he hasn't been very good either. Um, You know, face offs. uh, Maybe that's the only thing that that uh, came as advertised. He's around fifty four percent, around the same as as what Dano was uh, when he left. Uh, But Christian Dvorak is a minus seventeen, which Uh. is worst amongst forwards uh, in the National Hockey League so defensively he's not getting it done and just one goal so far this season so offensively he's not getting it done the The metrics showed uh, and the analytics guys were saying uh, Christian Dvorak uh, was buoyed by um, uh, who he played with, mm-hmm. both in junior and in Arizona. M- remember, Mark Bergevan said, "Well, he didn't play with uh, very good players in Arizona. He played with Taylor Hall and he played with Connor Garland, and and those uh, players inflated his his numbers. And we're seeing here that he doesn't hold his own as a second line center. Um, he's he's more more appropriately uh, in the the third line center slot." Uh, and the Canadians you know that's that's now uh, a hit at the at the the depth because uh, is it fair to expect Jake Evans to play a second line center role that was tried uh, that hasn't worked out uh, to well. not nothing against Jake Evans but uh, he plays really well with Arturi Lekinin and and Yoel oh, Armia right. yeah And and they've been great. They've been one of the, the Canadians best, most consistent lines, and certainly a line that can shut down, uh, some of the best lines, uh, on the opposition. Uh, but there's a hole there at that, that, uh, two C spot. And Dvorak hasn't been able to, uh, fill that.
1: And we've talked about that four C spot a little bit already. Let's, you know, Mark Bergevan did an, did a wonderful job of filling his roster with, um, Frank phones over the summer, uh, but didn't succeed in bringing in quality players. Um, Cedric Paquette is not stall. He is not Eric stall. And, and not, never, not to mention, we've already lost leadership from guys like Corey Perry and, and stall and, and guys like that. And, and not on and off the ice, Paquette has not been a replacement.
0: I, I don't understand Dominic Ducharme constantly going back to him uh, when in 10 games he hasn't um, he hasn't given anything anything any reason to to have him uh, in the lineup in in 10 games he has no points uh, in 10 games he's played an average of eight minutes on the ice we talked about his face faceoff percentage being extraordinarily low um, and um, he takes, really bad penalties uh 23 minutes in penalties leads uh the Montreal Canadians uh poorly timed penalties he he had to sit out for a suspension uh on Trevor Zegras um he he's he's really um well we know that that the the media were furious uh last year when due to injuries and and circumstances uh, there was no Quebecer in the lineup for one game, and and uh, Jeff Molson was furious and said, "Never let that happen again. Give let's fill, uh, let's get a, a group of of, uh, uh, of Quebecers." And was it six that they started the season with in the opening uh, night lineup? Something to that Something effect, to including that effect. Uh, Alex Belziel, who is you know obviously an AHL player. Um, so Cedric Paquette just hasn't uh, turned out, um, and uh, you know, is someone who uh, you would hope would would uh, when he returns from injury be a candidate to be demoted to the AHL. But in this case, again, uh, it was someone who's brought in and um, to to uh, f- help with the depth. And uh, just just was a wrong decision. Just hasn't helped at all.
1: Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. If we move to the back end, I mean, I think it's safe to say in one summary statement, David Savard's been terrible. I think the horrible part of the back end has been how maybe surprisingly for some, Jeff Petrie has been abysmal And if you haven't noticed that yet this season, A, I don't know if you're not watching Canadians games. Uh, But if you have, or maybe you've missed some, just look at Saturday and Sunday's games. And those two games tell you all you need to know about Jeff Petrie's season. Uh, Three glaring mistakes for Jeff Petrie were very, very costly to the Canadians over the past weekend.
0: Yeah, and and it's game after game after game. He doesn't... He doesn't look good, um, offensively, defensively, uh, his decision-making is, is poor. Um, he's not helping with, uh, breakouts. He's not helping, um, once they, they get in the zone, he's not helping on the power play. He was supposed to be, um, you know, that the, the quarterback of, of the, the first wave and, and um on the weekend that you referred to um he was the one uh, who pushed uh Larkin into uh, Jake Allen causing the injury and there was unnecessary second time he's done something like that this season um the the penalty really bad penalty that he took uh, against the the Bruins and and that power play goal kind of brought the Bruins back uh and then the odd play um, uh, clearing a clearing attempt uh, off Charlie coyle and and uh, into the net for an own goal. Um, it, he hasn't played well and and listen this goes back to last year when um, there was certain members of the Montreal media that were saying, Uh, listen, uh, Shea Weber should be uh, off the power play. Shea Weber should be on the third pairing. Shea Weber is this, that, and the other thing. Jeff uh, Petrie is the true number one defenseman of the, the Montreal Canadiens, and that was hogwash then and Mm -hmm. and we're seeing it now that that Jeff Petrie was allowed to play well Jeff Petrie was allowed to play his game because of Shea Weber we've said it on the podcast Mm -hmm. before that Shea Weber played the tough minutes Jeff Petrie was able to live in his shadow and and uh, play his game Uh, and 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 we're seeing that we're it's it couldn't be more obvious uh, this season um and as i said in the recap if not for david savard uh jeff petrie is probably the canadians worst fe- worst defenseman this season uh david savard has been uh, a dreadful but but and and listen uh alexander romanov has paid the price for for mm-hmm. early in the season being paired with david savard um alex alexander romanov being punished um uh, for some of David Savard's mistakes and and putting him in the press box uh, Romanoff, for our game, um, now they're split up and and uh, Romanov has been playing much better with Chris Weidman, uh, David Savard and and listen uh, this is not to to criticize David Savard it's it's using people um, uh, in in. In situations, not putting Over them their not, head. <laughs> not putting them in in a position to succeed. Right, and we saw with Tampa the only way that David Savard was effective was playing thirteen minutes a night, and uh, in a very shelter, sheltered, limited role. He's playing nineteen and a half minutes a night now, which is. Putting him in situations that um, you know I, he's making poor decisions. He's slow. He's not being as as physical as the Canadians might have expected. Um, they the Canadians had hoped that he would contribute offensively uh, on the part that hasn't happened either. And um, and and yeah, he's he's um, again the this this lack of of appropriate depth. Uh, so that a player can fill in to their level uh, when when another player is injured or isn't playing up to um, uh, their the the standard.
1: It has been uh, exceptionally disappointing, and we, and we know we I mean this was talked about a little bit too. We know part of the issue though is also Dominic Ducharme's system. Uh, and David Savard had said from the get-go at the beginning of the season that it was taking him longer than he expected to to adjust to Dom Ducharme's system. Um, so it's it's kind of a common, as you say, it's nothing against David Savard. It's that he's not being used in the best way to get the best performance out of David Savard, and he's playing in a system that, frankly, very few on the team are able to to truly comprehend and execute. Um and so that means, you know, and, and Jeff Petrie, I, I don't know what's happened to Jeff Petrie, but it's obvious that without Shea Weber there, uh, Jeff Petrie can't handle uh, that position.
0: And, and not 100%, um, you know, uh, probably playing with with some sort of injury, but mm-hmm. um, Shea Weber was playing with multiple, multiple. as was Kerry Price, but Shea Weber was playing with multiple, multiple injuries last season, and uh, certainly through the playoffs,
1: absolutely. So you mentioned Carey Price. Let's talk about goaltending. We've we've talked about this throughout Price's absence. That it's quite apparent that uh, without Carey Price, the Canadians are a shadow of themselves. Um, Carey Price is the cornerstone and the foundation of the Montreal Canadiens. He has been for a very long time, uh, and without him, they are drastically struggling. Uh, Jake Allen is is not a number one goaltender in the NHL. Jake Allen is a suitable backup uh, and can play well at times when he needs to, but to play consistently as the starter is is not an ideal position or or role for Jake Allen to play. It is becoming very apparent. It was apparent, you know, everyone, Rick, you even we were talking before we started recording the show about this, about how everyone heralded Jake Allen last year for getting them to the playoffs. Well, that's not quite quite accurate uh Jake Allen yes he had some decent games but in the stretch run up to the playoffs when they were really struggling it came down to the very last game of whether or not they were going to get enough points to qualify uh Jake Allen was looking shaky at that point uh and they were very fortunate that Carey was healthy enough to come back for the playoffs he's not looked uh he's not looked very consistent this year so far um And so you right now you're working with Jake Allen, a very green Sam Montembeau, and now Caden Primo. Um, I I found it a bit disingenuous of Dom Ducharme to mention, uh, you know, when talking about calling Primo up, Primo did not look good in preseason. I don't think there's anyone who can disagree with that. Everyone agreed that of the two young goaltenders, McNiven looked more NHL ready in the preseason than Primo did.
0: Well, he completely McNiven completely outplayed Primo. That, that yes. it wasn't even close. It wasn't
1: even close. Uh in the AHL this season, um, McNiven has had has looked stronger more consistently than Caden Primo has. Dominic Ducharme says, well, you know. We're happy to call up Caden Primo, because you know, especially after having such a good start in the AHL. Uh, allow me to just, Primo is 4-4-0-2 in the AHL this season. That's not like outstanding by any leaps and bounds. Yes, there are games uh, where he looks very strong. Yes, there are, uh, he's had a couple of shutouts. And yes, there are nights that even for a period or so he makes some spectacular saves or, or plays solid. But there's also a lot of times that he looks like the guy who was playing in preseason for the Canadians. Um, he is not consistently solid. It's why we've been preaching over and over and over and over again: Caden Primo needs a full season in the AHL. Period. Uh, I even said this. I was I was happy to be invited to join Sean Campbell and J. P. O'Connor uh, on TSN 690 during the second intermission of Laval's uh, game against Belleville last Wednesday night, and they specifically asked, "What do you think about Caden Primo if he if he gets the call coming up?" I said, "I don't think they should call him. Keep him in Laval. Um, McNiven looks more in a situation like this. Call it McNiven." Um, what do you have to lose you're, If 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 McNiven isn't the future of your franchise, you're not worrying about messing up his development, but you are screwing with Caden Primos. Um, so Rick, it's a on again, off again, Jake Allen, a Sam Montembo who hasn't shown much of anything yet. And a Caden Primo who also I mean, let's not forget the last time he played an NHL game last season. Uh, he didn't play a full 60 minutes.
0: So Jake Allen, to start, uh, as you said correctly, is is not a number one goaltender anymore. It's it's he's just not. And and yes, um, you know the the false narrative that he carried the Canadians to the playoffs is just not true. It was um, in March, uh, uh, Carey Price was the best goaltender in the National Hockey League, had a tremendous record, uh, and uh, that that propelled the Canadians into. A position where they could uh, hope f- to to get a playoff spot. Then the Canadians faded and and really backed into the playoffs. Uh, Jake Allen um, winning what seven of his last twenty two stars, some something like that. He he really struggled uh, when he was the guy in uh, in April and May. Um, so and and again, uh, we all want uh, Jake Allen to do well. We like Jake Allen, fans like Jake Allen because he always says the right thing, and sure. he's a nice guy, and he's a good guy,
1: and he's a good interview, um,
0: and he's a great interview. Uh, but um, it's again putting players in position to succeed, and and having him start fourteen games, one of the most used goaltenders uh, this season. Um, you know, it's, it's not looked good for, for Jake. And, uh, right now, currently, uh, if you look at goals saved above average, um, a, an important stat for goaltenders, uh, uh, Jake Allen's in the negatives, uh, blow water there. Uh, he's, he's worse than a replacement value goaltender. He's 47th in the national hockey league for goaltenders. That means you go through every gold, every starting goaltender for every team in the NHL, and then you add a, a half of the backups, um, and then you get to Jake Allen. He's not had a good season, um, and 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 yes, uh, all these other things are at play. All of all of the other holes in the lineup are, are at play uh, but he hasn't been able to 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 make that big set yes he has two shutouts I remember I recognize that uh, he got a lot of help on those and and uh, I remember one of those um, one of those shutouts was against a team that that uh, managed just uh, two or three uh, high danger scoring chances uh, throughout the that game. Um, uh, then we move to Sam Montembo and, and Sam Montembeau hasn't, you know, it's tough with Jake Allen playing so much. Um, he hasn't been able to get into a, a rhythm, um, but that's probably because he hasn't, you know, Sam Montembeau is, uh, doesn't matter where he, where he's played. He's had an eight 90 save percentage and uh, a goals against over three. Uh, that's just who he is. Uh, he was a goalie that had great promise. Um, and at 25 years old, maybe he can, uh, still achieve that. Uh, there was some hiccups in his development. There were some injury situations and, and, uh, but right now he's just, he's not an NHL quality goaltender. And that's, that's again um, nothing against uh, Sam, but that's just the truth. Caden Primo, um, you know, Caden has has some issues. He has um, issues in his technique. Um, doesn't go side to side very very quickly. He has uh, issues finding his positioning. He loses uh, his net at times, and and those are things that he can work out in time. With lots and lots and lots and lots of games in the AHL. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, we heard Stefan Wade say he wants at least 100, maybe 150 games. Uh, Caden Primo at 58 so far. So the rest of the season into next season uh, to continue the development. There's lots of question marks uh, for those people that follow prospects, including um, uh, goaltending prospects, whether Caden Primo will be, uh, an NHL caliber goaltender ever. Um, and, and so it it shouldn't be, um, you know, an, an automatic that it's assumed that, that Caden Primo is, um, the Canadians heir apparent to carry Price, he'll have to earn that. He'll have to, you know, he'll have to progress. He'll have to develop, and uh, that's not set in stone yet. And and we don't want to see his development ruined by a call up uh, where he hasn't looked good at the NHL level. And and the other part of it, what do we know? We know Caden Primo has a bit of a of of an issue of being overconfident, of being cocky, of having a, a bit of an attitude. And uh, if he sees uh, himself as an NHL goaltender without having to put in the work at the AHL level, that's not that's not good for him. That's not good for his mindset, uh, which is very, very important uh, for a, a, a goaltender. Um, the only other thing I'll say with respect to uh, this um, uh, Dominic Ducharme last week, last Wednesday, I believe it was, was asked, why is Jake Allen playing so much? Why is he one of the most used goaltenders in the National Hockey League? And his quote is this. We're in a situation where every game, we need a win, so we'll manage that day-to-day.
1: So you're saying that Sam Montembeau can't get you a win.
0: That's true. And and given his... his, his um, his history, uh, I think that's that's fair. My question is, why, why do did- why, why do you need a win? Why do you, why why are you desperate for wins? Why? Hmm. Uh, and and this is important because we've talked about it with respect to development. That uh, much of the development, I mean, uh, the, the 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 scouting staff can only do so much in identifying talent. The AHL staff. Can only do so much. The NHL staff, coaching staff, have a big role to play in terms of development and transitioning prospects to the NHL. Um, and I would think that the the focus of the organization has turned from being that that team that went to the the Stanley Cup Finals last year um, to listen, guys, we're not. The Montreal Canadiens are not making the playoffs this year. They're not. Uh, yes, they've been pl- playing better, but as we talked about before, better is, is relative. Uh, it, they're still not a playoff team. Um, and so we can still have, uh, I'm speaking as one of the members of, of, of the, the Canadiens management, listen, we can still have a good, uh, we can still have a successful, impactful season by developing our prospects. Um, and and maybe Sam Montembeau doesn't have a future with the Montreal Canadiens, but maybe he does. Why not give him more of a chance? Why not give um, Michael McNiven a chance, uh, given that it's not going to affect... Michael McNiven isn't seen as a, a prospect that's going to remain a prospect of the future. Um, so why, why are the Canadians so focused on wins? Um, that would only come down to a couple of things. One, last week we talked about their problems with attendance. Yep. Um, and so that's not a hockey decision. Two, uh, they have a a, a, a rookie a, a, a in, in his first full season as a head coach is Dominic Descharmes, mm-hmm. who doesn't have the record, doesn't have the resume, doesn't have the confidence of, of being a head coach. Um and uh that's that's an issue. We we know we've run into head coaches who have won Stanley Cups, uh we that, that are confident you know their ego isn't going to be bruised uh by focusing on development on development and giving up uh, on wins. That's not the case for Dominic Desharme. And I think that that is at play here as well that uh that was a that that was just slipped in but i think that's a, a huge uh comment on on this season that the canadians could have a really um impactful season and we talked about those um a couple of weeks ago we talked about those prospects that could benefit uh from focus uh nick suzuki and mm-hmm. alexander romanov and ryan paling cole Caulfield, and and uh uh, where where they could have that impact. And I think if the coach is focused on wins or what uh, they're going to... I'm not saying that that Jake Allen played too much and got injured. I'm not saying that at all. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that players aren't being put in the the role that they can handle. Um, and it's, I, I think... And, and that leads us into what we're going to talk about next with respect to uh, the the organizational uh, depth.
1: Right. Before we get there, I just want to make one last point. We talked about how because of this goaltending mess that's happening right now and, and the Canadians have a challenge ahead of them right now, their goaltending tandem and Sam Montembo and Caden Primo have a combined 35 or 36 games of NHL experience. Um, that is a daunting daunting mountain of an obstacle to look at uh, going forward when you talk about having an NHL tandem with less than 50 games experience between them.
0: Well, we dropped the name of Eunice Corpusella last week. We'll
1: we'll see what happens. (laughs) We'll see what happens. So yes, that does lead us right to the coaching. The Canadians are very fragile at depth in their coaching ranks. Um, And we're not talking, I mean, at least – uh, at at the at the AHL level, Jean-Francois Ul actually has a a pretty pretty storied uh, experience and resume for coaching at his level. So we're not talking about that. But looking at Dominic Ducharme, looking at Alex Burrows, um, there is not a lot there behind the bench in terms of experience as a coach or in Burrows's case, well. In Ducharme's case, an NHL coach. In Bros's case, case as a as a coach at all. He 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 didn't have a ton of time in the AHL, um, and and now called up uh, into the NHL. Um, coaching isn't just a. <laughs> I mean, coaching is is really difficult, particularly at the NHL level. And when you look at the coaching staffs that are put together in the other 31 teams around the league. And you see the resumes, you see the experience. um it, It's, it's a, you're on shaky ground here with the Montreal Canadians having uh so much inexperience behind the bench. And uh, between, as we said in, in previous episodes, we've talked about how this, this system of Ducharme's that he's implemented is, um, it's an unorthodox system, it's confusing, it's it's unnatural, and the players are having a very difficult time in translating it into into games. Um, and I don't know, Rick, I just see you you see that the the, the players don't seem to be buying what Dominic Ducharme is selling
0: uh the the Ducharme system that's uh Canadians connection episode 163 the one that came before this one look it up in your player that you're listening uh, or your app that you're listening to this podcast in um and uh if you want to know more about Dominic Ducharme's system uh called revolutionary called uh he calls it innovative um and uh it it just um isn't working and and one thing we know uh, that isn't happening, and that is adjustments. He believes so much in the system um, that that it's he he certainly wants to stress it being played, um, you know, in every part of the game. And we see the Canadians come out and they're strong in the first period. A uh, repeating pattern is that um, an experienced coach uh, for the opposition team, um, some even not so experienced go in and make adjustments in the first intermission, and the Canadian's worst period has been the second period. Uh, Dominic Ducharme isn't making adjustments, uh, making those kinds of adjustments. Um, and, and you're saying, well, you know, he has lots of experience. Yes, uh, at the junior level, not a pro level, uh, he was a head coach. He has even some pro level coaching as an assistant coach. And and we heard that uh, his role for Claude Julien was was a lot in the pre-scouting. Um, and so not a, a lot of bench management uh, with Claude Julien. So um, just since last February 24th, has he been a head coach um, at the pro level? And that's not a lot of experience, especially to go through a difficult patch like the Canadians are now. As you said uh Burroughs uh, zero uh, coaching experience mm-hmm. until he arrived in uh, Laval and then quickly uh, promoted when um, Mark Bergevin cleaned house uh la- well uh, Muller and Stefan Waite and uh, Claude Julian uh last February um so there there's not a lot of of um experience that can that can help them through this and and yeah I th- I think that that issue, Joel, Joel Bouchard left the organization. Um, again, there's some holes in the organization with respect to coaching. Uh, Trevor Latowski was a, a nice hire. Um, Luke Richardson is, is competent. We saw he was pretty good uh, in the head coaching role for a brief time when uh, 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 Ducharme was out for uh, COVID last playoffs but um there's the depth is an issue with respect to coaching as well
1: it really is um and and so when you have holes and very thin depth at literally every position within your on-ice product and i and i'm including coaching as being on ice because they're uh, they're right there playing they're part of the the game production that is a recipe for disaster and it's not, but the but the the scary part is it's not a recipe that you can quick throw in a bunch of ingredients and fix it um i think this may you know i don't want to sound all doom and gloomy but coming off of this stanley cup run that that the canadians miraculously went on last season it may be a a long and arduous Slog of a road ahead for the Canadians to get back to really being a consistent contender. Um, I hope that's not the case. I, I hope that the prospects uh, really start to come through. I, I hope that things change. Um, but as you've pointed out, um, from top to bottom, we know that there's we know that there's issues with uh, management. Um, we know that there's issues with coaching, and every position on the ice uh, is is just towing the line of of being able to hold things together. So um, I don't know what the answers are, Rick, but it's it's uh, it's.
0: Well, one of the answers might be um, to to uh, start making that transition to to leave the the focus on well, on, yes. on being a uh, um, you know, that team from the last, uh, from last season and, 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 and put the focus behind the prospects, the new core that is going to take up the mantle, uh, for the Canadians, put them in opportunities, uh, to succeed and give them all kinds of experience. Um, I, would I'd like to see that. Uh, I think that's a a better recipe (laughs) than what we're seeing right now.
1: I think so too. All right. Well, we are going to take uh, a break here at the Canadians Connection podcast. Uh, Still to come, we're going to uh, catch you up on all of the things that have been going on, uh, things you might have missed with uh, the Rocket Sports Media team in this past week. We're going to give you a preview of what's coming up this coming week. And... uh, of course, we need to do a Movember check-in. How are those Mo's doing, fellas? Mm. Uh, we've got all of that and more coming up right after this. So stay stay tuned. This is the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. The NHL season is underway, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game, and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection. However they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Throw down a dollar on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And welcome back to the Canadian's Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Amy Johnson. Of course, you can find me on Twitter at Flyers Roll. And with me in the studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can follow him at All Habs on Twitter. I bet you're following him already, but just make sure, just in case. Um, and while you're there, double check and make sure you're following at HabsConnection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And hey... Bookmark our website, canadiansconnection.com. Visit it often. And make sure you're subscribed to this podcast. Uh, We are going to take you through some things here in this segment. I want to talk a little bit about some things that have been uh, on the websites, different platforms for all Habs over the past week that you might have missed. Of course, Chris G. is out with a brand new Habs notepad. Every Monday at allhabs.net, it's a uh, his weekly summary of all things Montreal Canadians and also uh, usually gives you a brief, uh, kind of a, a brief sneak peek synopsis at how the Laval Rocket or the Trois Revere Lions have been doing. Um, and uh, he has a new one out today, actually. It's a it's a, it's a a great uh, edition of the Habs Notepad by Chris G. I invite you to uh, check that out. And, of course, all week long at allhabs.net, the things that you can really count on are uh, Habs headlines, the game day previews, and the game recaps. Um, and uh, Rick is responsible for all of those uh Every day you can find one or more of those things at allhabs.net, whether it's headlines, uh, if it's game day, you can be sure that thanks to uh, Rick with the help of Cole and Sam, uh, that you'll have a very comprehensive setup and, and preview for each game uh, in the afternoon before uh, the game on game day. And then Rick's comprehensive game recaps come out uh, shortly after uh, the final uh, for each game uh, bringing you every bit of news and stats and analysis that you might need to know so you don't want to miss any of those Um, over on our YouTube channel uh, are you subscribed to our YouTube channel? Because you should your, be. You should be, YouTube.com/slash allhabs. Uh, all sorts of great things for you there. And our Ben, thank you, uh, comes to you every Thursday with a new episode of Habs Fan Forum. Uh, it's uh, Ben is a, a very passionate Habs fan, and uh, he takes you kind of on his journey. Each week as a Habs fans, the highs, the lows, the frustrations, the excitement. Uh, and he, he brings that all to you in a very uh, entertaining form. Um, this past week, uh, the the newest episode is called Just Not Good Enough. And uh, Ben actually kind of talks a little bit of, about what, what Rick was talking about earlier, about how the Habs are just, you know, after one period of play, there's not much left in the tank. Um and uh, takes you through some of his frustrations and says, you know, okay, well, even though they're playing pretty rottenly, let's, let's try to look at some positives. And here's, here are some players that I think are, are doing well, and here's ones who I think are struggling. So be sure to check out Habs Fan Forum over at our YouTube channel. Uh, Mike Rashel has uh, started a new series of Habs Profiles this season. Uh, he has so far uh, done great feature articles on Nick Suzuki and Michael Pezzetta. Uh So be sure to check those out. We mentioned as well uh, the Press Zone. Be sure you're subscribed to that podcast over on the AHL Report. Um, and, uh, well, and, uh, yeah. There's been a lot. There has (laughs) been a lot lot going on. I'm just looking through this list here of all these things, Um, and uh, lots of them Movember updates as well. Yeah, it is Movember, and
0: uh, and I guess there's been so much uh, in terms of content and. and some, some of our team members uh, doing a bit of double duty the past week or so. And, uh, and there's a reason for that. And there's also a reason that we shifted around our uh, Canadians Connection podcast uh, dates. Where upcoming next week, um, it will be back to Saturday. And, mm-hmm. and um, as it has been for many, 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 many years, <laughs> uh, the last 10 years. Um, and we'll be back on that schedule. But there, there was a, a reason for that um and uh i just thought and i've also <laughs> received some some emails and and uh some some of our our listeners who are keen observers uh just kind of checked in and said uh rick everything okay everything okay with you um and they've noticed uh as far as my my participation that that others were stepping in for me and uh and that's because uh i i lost my very first hockey coach um, uh, a short time ago, and uh, that was my dad, and and he, you know, he was he was uh, uh, his his life was characterized by responsibility and loyalty and stability and all those good things, and he tried to instill that in in uh, myself and my siblings, and and so. Uh, last week was a, a time for me to travel to my hometown and spend time with family, and uh, have a memorial service, and and remember uh, the life that he had, and and the way that uh, that he guided us, and and uh, so I I was able to. Um, to, to go to the where my grandparents lived and, and uh, all kinds of reminiscing. I went to uh, the little lot that, uh, that they used to flood uh, for a, a hockey rink or for an ice uh, skating rink uh, every year. Uh, the very first place that uh, I learned to skate. And uh, that was my dad who used to take me over there and I would push the chair around. And, and so lots of real, um, moments of quiet reflection and, and, um, and it was, it was, um, it was difficult, but it was, it was, uh, it was good to be with family. So again, let me thank the rocket sports team, every single one of you who, uh, did a little bit more and, and, um, and helped out and, uh, and took, took up some of the slack and, uh, uh, and thank you for uh, those uh, listeners uh, who uh, checked in and sent me uh, kind messages. So um, thanks again to to all of you for all of your, your love and, and support during this difficult time.
1: And I know I can speak on behalf of uh, all of us here at Rocket Sports when we send you our sincerest condolences uh, on the loss of your dad. Um, and I know I... I think I can speak for all of us when I say we were all happy to uh, jump in and step in and just cover bases wherever needed because uh, family comes first. And um, we were happy to be able to help you out so that you could focus on what was what was important uh, for you and your family. So um, I, I also give a big kudos to the rest of the team as well for for all of us just banding together and, and filling in when our fearless leader needed us.
0: Well, very proud to be part (laughs) of this, uh, this family, this other family called rocket sports and, and uh, our contributors are all uh, terrific. And um, you know, in, in time of need. And one of those times of need is, is Movember when our team comes together uh, to, um, uh, to, to, to raise money for uh, the Movember foundation. And um, my goodness, um we're already past the amount uh, that we raised uh last year Woo. um the the we're, we're up to four seventy dollars uh the activity uh 326 kilometers we have uh, people sharing their um uh, their their face their their mustaches Michael Spinella my goodness um
1: I did see that picture the handlebar
0: mustache Spinella's that he
1: mustache looked great
0: <laughs> <laughs> terrific uh Ben Danku doing great on the on uh, uh fundraising and uh I asked him to to uh, uh do some uh, uh to take the lead while I was uh uh, a bit occupied, and, and he's been providing mo- motivational support to uh, our team uh, to keep uh, the fundraising up, to keep uh, the activity. And and uh, yeah, our team's doing a great job. And if, if you want to help us out, uh, no, no, not help us out. If you want to join with us to help out the, the Movember Foundation, um, how can they do that?
1: Well, the easiest way to do that is um, a couple of different ways. Um, you can either... Join our fundraising team at the Movember website. Uh, or you could even go to our Movember page to make a donation if that's if that's in your capability. Uh, the way to do that is mo team.co slash allhabs. That's mo team. mo co slash allhabs. When you go there, you can either sign up for a free account on on the Movember uh, page and and select to join our fundraising team so that we're all fundraising together. You can make a donation either to the team page or select one of our contributors who is, who's on the Movember fundraising team and donate directly to them. Uh, the third way that you could get involved while you're there is simply the click of your mouse. Uh, there are... Uh, social media sharing buttons that you could, if if making a donation just isn't in your purview right now, we certainly understand that. We it's okay, uh, but the best way that you can also help is by sharing our Mo- Movember fundraising page on your Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, uh, whatever it may be. Uh, and the buttons are right there for you to do. it. It's just a click of the click of the mouse, and you can share the fundraising page and tell your friends and followers why you support Movember and why they should uh, come and make a donation as well. And we appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this week, uh, (laughs) tall, tall test ahead. Uh, Montreal has two games. They are both on the road. One Uh, on the road. Sorry, one on one. And and, uh, they're finishing up this little road trip with a trip to Madison Square Garden. That should be fun. Uh, another original six matchup, which which is fun. Uh, they, they hadn't, you know, playing the Bruins uh, on Sunday night and now getting to play the Rangers on Tuesday. And then they come back to Montreal on Thursday to take on Sidney Crosby and the Pittsburgh Penguins. So I think that's going to be an interesting week. <laughs> it's going to be an interesting week. And then, of course, what? Uh, we will be back, as Rick said. We 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 did a little nimble scheduling, uh, so that things were easier for Rick this past week by doing the the episodes on on Wednesday and and Monday. But we're back to the regular schedule on Saturday. Chris G will be back in this uh, co host chair with you on Saturday for another great episode of the Canadians Connection.
0: Well, that's terrific.
1: It is terrific.
0: Thanks for being here this week.
1: I, I it's my pleasure. It was. Uh, as we said last week, we're just we're test driving every day of the week to see what <laughs> 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 we asked last week, do we sound any different on a Wednesday and well Mondays are are usually are usually crazy, but what a fun way to start the week our listeners get to get to get a Canadians Connection podcast to kick off their week. That's pretty fun.
0: And that helps us usher in the press zone Montreal on Tuesday.
1: That's right. So uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, We appreciate your loyal listenership through all, through all the years that uh, we've been bringing you this podcast and uh, enjoy this week of hockey. We will be back on Saturday. Chris G and Rick will be here with another great episode of the Canadians Connection podcast right here on rocket sports radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.